Hi everyone, welcome to the AMM Torah podcast. This is our first recorded Dvar Torah podcast, and I want to welcome everyone who's joining us for the first time. I want to thank my friend Moshe for helping me out recording this podcast, and let's get started. Sefer Dvarim is Moshe's final speech to B'nai Yisrael, and in each parsha, he gives over a different concept, a different idea that he wants to teach the nation that they should take with them into Eretz Yisrael and keep with them for the rest of the time. In Parsha Shoftim, the theme is leadership. Most of the Parsha deals with different leadership positions within the Jewish people, the responsibilities and privileges of each uh, position, and how the nation should relate to each position. For the most part, though, the Parsha is not really talking to the followers. It's more talking to the leaders themselves. It discusses their responsibilities, their laws. Uh, it discusses different uh, situations where good leadership is necessary in order to solve a problem among the people. Um, so even though Moshe is talking to the entire nation together, for the most part, he's talking just to, uh, he's more directly speaking to the leaders. I want to talk about two of these positions, a king and a Kohen. Now, you might think that what's the connection between these two? But the Torah lists them right next to each other. So there must be a connection. We see in many places in the Torah that when the Torah puts two topics next to each other, there is a connection. So what's the connection between a king and a Kohen? So first we talk about a king. In Sefer Shmuel, when Bnei Israel first get a king, King Shoal, so Shmuel talks about the role of a king in relation to the people. And over there, he basically says that a king has the authority to do whatever he wants and the people are obligated to follow him. And it's really, it seems great to be a king. But in our parsha, the Torah talks about what the limitations of a king are. Specifically, it talks about uh, how much money he's allowed to have, how many possessions, how many horses. The Pusik says he can only have a certain amount of horses. Uh, the Pusik limits the amount of wives that he can have. But the biggest restriction or the biggest requirement of the king, the biggest obligation of the king, is he has to carry around a full Sefer Torah with him at all times. And not only that, this Sefer Torah has to be specifically written for him and he must always be learning Torah. He's not required to be a, a big Talmud Chacham, but he is required to have a good knowledge of the Torah. And the reason why it needs to be written specifically for him, or even if he himself could write it, that would be even better, is so that he can understand this extra effort that was put into that the lesson should sink in. What is the lesson? The king has to carry around the Sefer Torah to understand that even though he is the ultimate authority in the land. There is no one above him. There is someone above him. Hashem, the Torah. The Torah, he is still obligated to the Torah. All of his decisions, all of his judgments must be based off of what the Torah says. And the Pasuk says that as long as he keeps the Torah, his dynasty will rule forever. So who's going to make sure the king keeps the Torah? You know, even if uh, you want to say that the people can rise up against the king if they see he's doing something wrong, their knowledge of Torah may not be any stronger than his. So who are the people that are going to keep the king to the, to the laws of the Torah? And that's the next part of the Pasuk. That's why the Torah follows with the Kohanim. Who are the Kohanim? The Kohanim had two basic responsibilities. The first one was that they were in charge of running the base of Migdash. They brought the Karbanos, they did all the Avoda, they did everything that had to be done in the base of Migdash, Shevet Levi, the, the Levium, uh, filled in all the other things. Basically, Shevet Levi was in charge of running the base of Megdash. And their second responsibility was they were responsible 
for teaching Torah to the entire Jewish people. They were the rebbeim. They had to make sure that everyone was learning, that everyone had a chance to learn Torah, that everyone had a knowledge of Torah. And says the Ibn Ezra that the king is the ultimate judge of the nation. He is not subjugated to anyone, including Sanhedrin. There are very, maybe one or two cases where the king will go to Sanhedrin and he'll follow what they tell him, but for the most part, the king makes all judgments on his own. So while he's the ultimate judge of the nation, the only thing that he can subjugate himself to, or that he has to subjugate himself to, is the Torah. Because he's basing all of his decisions on the Torah. And who's responsible for making sure that, they have, that he has a knowledge of the Torah? The Kohanim. So it follows that the Kohanim are the ones who are responsible to make sure that the king remains true to the Torah. And that's the first answer we're going to give as to why uh, the psukim dealing with a king and dealing with a kohen appear next to each other in the Torah. Uh, by the way, if you are interested, the psukim dealing with a king are found at the beginning of, or at the beginning of the second aliyah, and uh, the psukim dealing with the kohanim follow uh, immediately afterwards. Second answer I want to give in terms of the connection uh, between the king and a kohen comes from the kliyakar. Uh, in Parak Yud Ches, Pasuk Beis, when the Torah is talking about Kohanim, so it says, the Torah is saying that the Kohanim don't receive a portion in Eretz Yisrael. That each Shevet, each one of the twelve Shvatim, received a portion in Eretz Yisrael, where they lived, except for Shevet Levi. They had 40-some-odd cities scattered around the country, and that's where they lived. But they didn't have a special portion like everyone else. And our Pasuk reads like this. This again is Perik Yudches Pasuk Beis. Vanachlo lo yelo That he will not have an inheritance, he will not have a portion among his brothers. So the Kliyakar focuses on this phrase, Bekerevachav, among his brothers, which is a phrase that's not very common in the Torah. And he says that this Pasuk, even though it's written by a Kohen, is referring directly to the responsibilities of the king. You know, the Torah over here, like we said earlier, restricts the amount of resources a king can have. You can only have a limited amount of money, a limited amount of horses. Why? Why does the Torah need to limit it? He's the king. Let him have whatever he wants. So he answers like this. He says that what Hashem wants is that he wants B'nai Israel to be able to provide for the king. If the king wants excessive amounts of resources, so B'nai Israel themselves will be able to provide a certain amount, but then at a certain point it will just get too much. And then the king is going to have to expand and go to a different country for what he needs. But then, after time, he's going to start relying specifically on that country, and he'll totally forget about B'nai Israel being able to provide for him because they can't, they don't have enough for him. But even at a time where they might be able to, he won't recognize them as being able to help him. He won't, it won't be on his mind. He'll be thinking that, oh, this country, they always help me. So when I, when I need them, when I need them to save me, they're the ones who are going to save me. Hashem doesn't want this. He wants there to be a bekerevachav. He wants the king to maintain that connection, even though he's above the nation, and even though he's, he's separated and he's in his palace, and his ivory tower. He, Hashem doesn't want him to be in an ivory tower. He wants there to be an attitude of bekerevachav. He wants the king to be among his people. Through a connection to B'nai Yisrael, the king will gain a connection to what B'nai Yisrael feel is important. And what is most important to B'nai Yisrael? The Torah. 
So the Bekerah of Achav, maintaining that connection to Bnei Israel, ensures that the king will maintain that connection to the Torah. In fact, the Orachayim explains, he gives a different, a third reason why the, the king and the, Kohan, the Kohen are placed next to each other in the Torah. Later on in these Psukim, we talk about the obligation of Truma. You have to give to the Kohen a certain amount of your produce. He says that the reason that we place the king, the reason why we place the king right next to the, Ko- the Kohen is to teach me that even the king is obligated to give truma. That just like every other person in B'nai Israel, so too the king is obligated to, tr- to give truma, just like he's obligated in all the other mitzvahs. So says the Kliyakar, Hashem places this phrase of Bekerah that, v'achav, that you, that you should be among your nation, even though it's referring to the king, he places it by the Kohanim, so that the king should understand that he has to listen to what the Kohanim teach him, which is the Torah, and understand that his highest obligation is to Hashem. So even though we place the king on a higher level than everyone else, and the Torah places the king on a higher level than everyone else, the Torah puts the psukim of the Kohanim right afterwards to remind us that the Kohanim, they hold the key. As the teachers of Bnei Yisrael, they hold the key to there being a Bekerev Echav among Bnei Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. They keep the king true to the Torah. So they are the ones who are responsible for the ultimate good of the entire nation. And even the king is obligated towards the Kohanim to show us that no matter who you are, the Torah rises above everything. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to check out the blog. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me, amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M Torah at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to check out the website, hashkafahandbook.com, which is where you can download this podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great Shabbos.